This episode of Proper English is brought to you by phrasal verbs related to learning and education and the idiom to pass with flying colours. Phrasal verbs. We return to them again and again, don't we, Dave? We certainly do, Ali. There are so many phrasal verbs in the English language that early on in the history of Proper English, we decided to group them by theme. In season one, we started off with phrasal verbs related to travel and then in the home. Episodes 10 and 12, respectively. And then we did phrasal verbs at work. Episode 25. And we were cooking with them in episode 32. And relaxing with them in episode 36. In episode 46, we were being all healthy with them. And only a few weeks ago, we looked at phrasal verbs related to family stuff. So why are we back with phrasal verbs this week, Dave? Good question, Ali. I'll tell you why. It's all Miriam in Argentina's fault. Hi, Miriam. Now, Miriam is an Argentinian English teacher who asked me to take part in an online English conversation workshop called Speaking Cafe. Oh, how exciting. And I did it this weekend for 45 minutes or so. And my brief was to talk about vocabulary, idiom, And, you guessed it... Phrasal verbs. Spot on. Yeah, phrasal verbs to do with learning and, by extension, I guess, education. So, I did a bit of research and got together a list of words and phrases and different idioms associated with learning and education. And because we went off topic a bit... Hmm, that doesn't sound like you. Ooh, some heavy sarcasm from Mrs Davis Curley there, I feel. (laughs) Just because I have a tendency to flip from subject to subject like a butterfly. As your students will no doubt attest. Ooh, nice word from the Latin attestare, meaning to approve or to bear witness. I rest my case. What? Oh dear. Anyway, you went off topic a bit. Exactly. (laughs) So, we only talked about a few idioms, one of which we're going to explore later, and never even touched the phrasal verbs. So, here we are. Phrasal verbs related to learning and education. Have we ever talked about what a phrasal verb is, Dave? Do you know what, Ali? I don't think we have. You know... Until I started teaching conversational English on italki, I didn't know what one was. I had no idea. Me too. (laughs) So, while my Italian student at the time was talking about how many phrasal verbs he was learning every day, I was nodding and smiling knowledgeably, all the while frantically searching for a definition of phrasal verbs online, so I could at least appear professional. (laughs) A brave admission there, Dave. I can tell you that a phrasal verb is a phrase consisting of a verb and a preposition or an adverb or both. And sometimes it can be a couple of prepositions. And when you combine these words, they add up to a different meaning in comparison to its separate parts. Like add up to, for instance. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And related to learning too. Yeah. You could have the opposite of that as well. And you can't take that away from me. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, nice. <laughs> Took me a little while to catch on. So where do we start? Well, I guess when it comes to learning new vocabulary, there's a lot to take in, that is, to absorb. 
to understand. Oh, that's right. And in this sort of situation, it's easy to miss out on or omit some vital information, which you can do easily if you don't take notice of or pay attention to what your teacher says. That was me at school. Somehow I find that easy to believe. Were you the boy that was always staring out of the classroom window? Quite the opposite, actually. I was always the first one to catch on, to make sense of, comprehend new concepts. Oh, yes, I always had the answers. (laughs) And often, too many questions. Mm. I was the one who was always making up stories in English lessons. One of my teachers, Miss Carey, she was in the original British stage production of Hair, a controversial musical in the early 1970s. I had a massive teenage crush on her. (laughs) Anyway, Miss Carey gave me an extra exercise book for me to use as a journal for all the short stories and poems and lyrics I used to write. I wonder what became of that journal. It would be interesting to read through some of the ideas you came up with as a teenager. Well, I kept that book until the sixth form. Mm. One lyric that I wrote in there ended up being recorded, Anorexic Beauty, by a group from Sheffield called Pulp, who ended up being quite famous. I knew you wrote that as a teenager, but I never thought about what you wrote it in. What happened to the journal? Dunno, really. At that age, I was particularly adept at losing things. Mm. I might have left it in the library or on the bus. I'd already transferred a lot of stuff into a folder which I have to this day. Not got the original one of anorexic beauty, though, sadly. Ah, I see we've gone off topic again. Happens a lot with you, doesn't it? More phrasal verbs to do with learning and education. I had a professor at university who was a real inspiration. He was called David Reason, and I loved studying under him. To study under someone means to be taught by that person. It's wonderful when you find the right teacher, isn't it? It is. You sail through the course. I think you find it easy when that happens. Yeah, but I've always had problems with deadlines. Mm. As one of my heroes, Douglas Adams, wrote, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing sound they make as they go by. Always late, handing in essays. That was me. Late giving work to the lecturer. Or teacher. Still a Dave characteristic, I think. You've only just finished writing this episode. I know, I know. Nobody's perfect, eh? It can often be difficult to keep up with the pressure of work, even if you're enjoying it. You only have to take your eye off the ball for a minute. And before you know it, you're falling behind with your work, making excuses, and eventually you might drop out, leave the course before the end without a qualification. But of course, this doesn't happen every time. Mm -hmm. Mostly, you find out new things about the subject and yourself. You work hard and look up, research lots of stuff on the internet and read lots of background literature. And when it comes to examination time, you go over all of the important facts, do lots of revision, and eventually pass Pass with flying flying colours. Which happens to be Idiom of the Week this week. Idiom of the Week? So this week's idiom is dedicated to the students I met at Miriam's Speaking Cafe on Saturday. Jessica, Adriana, Luisina and Mario. Because we were talking about idioms 
and this one came up. To pass with flying colours. So what does it mean, Dave? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ali. If you have taken an exam and when you get the result you see you have an exceptionally high score indicating that you've passed the exam easily, mm -hmm. we say that you've passed with flying colours. But where does this idiom come from? This is what one of the students asked on Saturday. Mm. And I thought it might have had something to do with medieval tournaments and jousting and brightly coloured flags mm -hmm. on parade in front of royalty. But I'm not really sure. So, what's the history behind it, Ali? Well, you're kind of in the right area with the flags, Dave. Phew. But not so much with the jousting and the tournaments. Ah. More to do with ships returning from battle. Oh. See, if they were victorious, they would sail into port with unfurled flags flying from the top of the masts or mastheads. Colours were the familiar way to describe the flags of the military units to which the ship belonged. Ah, yeah. And colours is the root of quite a few other idioms. Okay. If you and your crew continue fighting even until the ship sinks, you're going down with flying colours. So even though you failed at the end, you never gave up. Then there's showing your true colours, which means to reveal what you truly believe. And this is not always positive. <laughs> and similarly... There's nailing your colours to the mast. Doing this means you cannot take the flag down to indicate defeat. And nowadays describes in the context of an argument showing which side you support, whatever the consequences. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. What do you like most about Proper English? Do you like episodes that focus on grammar? Or do you prefer it when we talk about British culture, for example? Have you remembered that you can guess our episodes on YouTube? You won't see our gorgeous faces, <laughs> but you can get subtitles, which could be really useful. Whether you're a new listener or a regular subscriber, why not get in touch with us? You can email us at properenglish or one word at sapo.pt or you can ask us questions on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you have them. And it's worth bearing in mind that every episode we've done is available out there, not just the latest ones. So you can listen to everything we've ever done as many times as you like. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. How many phrasal verbs did we use this week? Count them up and let us know.